Praise God. God's good. But I'm excited about the word today, as usual. So I'm not very excited, so it will not go four hours, right? <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, but, but that's good. Uh, I strongly urge you to listen to the last message very strongly, you know. Uh, it's a very foundational message, a very doctrinal ba- message. It's called The Power of Righteousness and the Error of Balaam. Very powerful message. It's a three-hour message. I want you to listen to it. Uh, not because I preached it. It's nothing to do with me. Uh, it is the Holy Spirit speaking through scriptures. Because it's one of the foundational messages to believers in the church. Every episode is focused on reaffirming your righteousness in Christ Jesus and for you to be aware of it and not let anybody distract you from that. And it's a it's an intentional plan of Satan to get you moved from the righteousness of Jesus. That's a plan. It's, does it, it's not like order, it's just not like corruption in the doctrine. No, it's a it's an intentional plan of Satan to get you shifted from the doctrine of righteousness as a gift that God has given you in Christ Jesus. If that has not been done, Jesus' resurrection would have been in vain. Jesus' death would have sufficed for you, right? Because Jesus' death allows you to, that you, your penalty of sin is taken care. You don't go to hell, right? But if, so why, would, why should Jesus be resurrected? His death would have sufficient. Because his resurrection affirms your righteousness. Now, as he is perfect at the Father's right hand, you are perfect here on earth. Wow. So why is that beneficial to us? Can you imagine a righteous man walking on the earth? All the laws of the world has to obey a righteous man. Psalms 1 suddenly becomes fulfilled. Every righteous scripture suddenly becomes applicable. All the promises that are associated with righteousness becomes your position. Now you are like a dangerous man or woman on the earth who is completely righteous. My goodness, that's... What can you not do as a righteous man or a righteous woman on the earth? But that is only available because Jesus is righteous and perfect on the Father's right hand. Otherwise, he would have not been raised up again and all. Okay, but I, I, we don't want to focus on that. I want you to go back to the message. We talk about so many areas in that message. Even how angels are not in dominion right now. It's the sons of God that are in dominion. That you and I are now domain, dominate the world. Previously, angels under the old covenant would dominate. Guess what? Satan was an angel. Guess what? He's taking his job responsibility too seriously. He doesn't know that his things have changed on the earth. Now he doesn't have authority. That's why when Jesus rose again, he said, Behold, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then, Michael, Gabriel, go. No. (laughs) All authority on heaven and earth has given to me. And so all the angels are waiting, right? They're like, so he's going to send us out. Sorry, therefore, you. Peter, John. Peter, John. <laughs> all these angels are like, so suddenly one angel was not happy at all. Who is with angel? Lucifer. Because that's an angel that's here on the earth. He's not happy because remember his authority, he was given legal authority as a cherub, as a covering angel, like the guy who's the closest covering of God's justice and holiness. He was like the cherub, covering angel. Covering angel is like the guy who, he, he was legally given authority to cover God's righteousness, uh, holiness, and justice. Very clear. But suddenly he has no job. His, there was a change of jobs for him. I mean, now it's like you and I. We have the authority on the earth. 
Wow, we have authority on that. So he found out like, man, now, so, so what happened is this what he's thinking, right? Now, I don't have authority on the earth, but you have authority on the earth, right? How do I make sure that you don't exercise your authority? Yeah, first of all, I want to make sure that you don't know that you have authority. And second, if you, even if you think that you have authority, I want to make sure that you think that you're not capable of exercising that authority because you're not righteous. So then he shifted to plan B. The plan B is, Satan's operation is, you have authority, but only a righteous man can exercise that authority. So he starts using verses from the scripture for believers. He said, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Perfect. But you are not righteous. <laughs> so look at that deception. So now he knows that you have authority, but he says that you are not righteous. So he, he will have preachers talking about how, no, how not imperfect you are. You need to work towards you becoming righteous. You know, eventually you'll become perfect. Gracie, eventually you'll become perfect. But right now, mm, it's work in progress. How many times have you heard that message? You're not perfect now. You're getting perfect. No, you're perfect now. You are born a man. You are born a woman. You don't slowly become woman over a period of 10 years. You started off being little less woman. Now you're becoming more and more woman. No. Sorry. You're always a man born. So you say born a man. Say born a man. Born a woman. Born righteous. Okay. This is what the Holy Spirit. And this is powerful. I know we didn't even pray for the message. But let's pray. right? <laughs> Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit's uh, revelation shall become very plain to us, O Master, so that we shall walk by it and live by it because it's your word. Minister that word to us, O Holy Spirit, that we might understand and live by it. For your word says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the Holy Spirit, just a just couple of weeks back, uh, I was studying this. I knew that the new birth is a picture of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. How many of you have heard that uh, example? That a metamorphosis, a new birth is, he who is in Christ Jesus is a new creature. All things are new. And they will take an example of metamorphosis of caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Correct? Okay. So I've been watching YouTube videos about this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit was saying, look at what happens to a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You can go back on YouTube and you should actually look at this videos on what happens to a caterpillar when it becomes a butterfly. Totally different creation, right? One is a worm, other one is a, a flying creature, insect completely. Eats different, uh, locomotion is different, does one crawls, one flies, one is beautiful in its beauty, the other one is... <laughs> one crawls on the earth, one's domain is, uh, its world is on crawling on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the earth. The other one flies and uh, feeds on flowers, the beauty and the nectar. and Totally different, completely different, totally new, different creature. But somehow there seems to be some connection. So, but look at the transformation. The transformation happens is this, go and read it. A caterpillar starts very small. Starts eating, 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 becomes very, 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 very big, right? Very, very big. Uh, finally, it becomes so big, then it kind of decides, okay, now I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to start emitting some 
fibers and he starts making a loop and he becomes a makes a cocoon around himself very interesting how this god is programmed this it's amazing just the the plan of the father the beauty of jesus christ i mean he is the one who created all these things right but the caterpillar and a butterfly is intentionally kept there as an example of what happens to a, to a new birth so this caterpillar makes this cocoon and then starts ex- executing a enzyme in this cocoon this enzyme uh uh starts dissolving every fiber of its body completely dissolves it completely dissolves this caterpillar every body every fiber completely dissolves it becomes just a gooey protein syrup completely nothing everything is dissolved it eats itself up means means it it consumes this this enzyme dissolves completely and just becomes a gooey liquid out of this gooey liquid this butterfly starts getting formed and then this finally this butterfly comes out of the cocoon after a certain number of time and guess what this butterfly comes out with its wings the wings appears a little folded he starts crawling up and every, every cat, butterfly does this you look at the mammoth butterfly the videos of it he goes out on a branch and starts crawling up a little bit to a place where there is a lot of heat he faces the sun and starts warming his wings up and as he warms the wings up the wings unfold completely comes to its full size and then takes off did you know this and this is what the holy spirit told me and this is what the holy spirit holy spirit told me anil did you know a caterpillar eats and grows a butterfly never grows a butterfly is complete when it is born of every creation in the world every creature grows a butterfly never grows its wings are complete his colors are complete his limbs are complete he can eat what he wants but he is never going to grow more he is how when he is created perfect, perfect. complete so that's a born again believer a born again believer looks as if it's from the same essence but he is a totally new creature but you're like you are the one you're a caterpillar i'm sorry <laughs> i'm a butterfly but do you have to grow as a butterfly no so why does a, a caterpillar butterfly eat because he just wants to enjoy life he just want to eat because he's to have energy to run around to exercise himself not to grow he doesn't grow there is no he doesn't add more color he doesn't add more width he doesn't add, he is he is created perfect can you look at the concept of god he just creates him perfect all he has to do is to do what this butterfly correct fly but what he has to do what has the butterfly change about him apart from he's already spring that's like the first few moments that he just soaks in the sun and he opens his wings up the fluid starts flowing into his wings and he folds up that's it what does he has to change in his, about himself that his thought all he has to do is he is now a fully a butterfly but he has to remember that he is not a caterpillar. caterpillar that's all he has to do so that means he has to do what 
only job is to renew your mind. That's all he has to do. He has to constantly remind himself that he is not a caterpillar. Your only job as a believer is to remember that you are righteous. Not become more righteous. That's a caterpillar stage. Caterpillars, so all the philosophies, the lectures, the sessions, the teachings in the world are for caterpillars. Because caterpillars have to eat. Caterpillars have to grow. So when a caterpillar grows strong, who gets the credit? Caterpillar gets the credit. When the caterpillar builds a cocoon, who gets the credit? Caterpillar gets the credit. Good house. Who built it? Caterpillar. <laughs> you know? So so you so but the when the butterfly, what can the butterfly boast about itself? Nothing. Seriously. He has nothing to boast about. He does not even remember how he was born. He just shows up. <laughs> he just shows up. And he's perfect. All he has to do is what? No, yeah, but what else? For him to... Uh, so, the, uh, so the but what value is a butterfly then? For others, not for himself. You see the concept? So his job is to bring beauty for everybody else. That's all his job is. His job is to pollinate the flowers. But he has no credit to it because he's not going to become more beautiful. He's not becoming more... Perfect. He's already perfect. But he, so that's the believer's role. Now our job is to believe by the renewing of our mind that we are already righteous. So when we are righteous, our job is to then, we become effective ministers of this good news. And we become perfect in our ministry. We become fruitful. But if you constantly have been thought that you are just a caterpillar, you have to work at it, you have to, there are seven steps to becoming perfect, you need to do this, you need to do that, guess what? What will you do? Will you fly or will you crawl? You will crawl. You will crawl. So, but if you know that you are a butterfly, you will fly. You will use organs that you never thought that you could exercise. Nobody teaches the butterfly to fly. Everything happens automatically. So coming back, that's a very, very, very powerful concept that we have been made perfect. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So that's not the message of today. The message of today is, the title of the message is Faith Speaks. Say Faith Speaks. Faith Speaks. This is powerful. Oh my goodness. This is so powerful. Every message is powerful. But today's message is very, very powerful. Today's message is the combination lock that opens. Many times you're thinking that I know I'm righteous, but why doesn't I get the benefits that I'm seeing in that brother's life? Correct? Why is it? I'm telling you the combination lock works in a combination. There are two things that works in this combination lock. If you know this combination lock, it will always work because now you cannot live by the loss of the caterpillar. You have to live by the laws of the butterfly. the butterfly. New diet, new techniques, new in, new methods, everything is new. You cannot go through the caterpillar diet. Caterpillar diet is the law. You have to do the stuff, you have to do this, you are good, God will bless you. Done. You're out. You're a new creation. Correct? New creation has its own laws. But it's a combination lock. The combination lock is the most powerful thing that the Bible talks about in the scriptures is faith 
speaks. Say faith speaks. Faith speaks. Say it again. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Okay. So, where do we start? Let's go to Romans chapter Romans chapter 10. Are you all ready? Okay. I know where, where this is going, right? You already know where this is going. Faith speaks. Say faith speaks. Faith speaks. Correct. So let's read this. So we're going to cover two powerful chapters in the Bible. Say Romans 10. Hebrews 10. So these are two powerful chapters that you should meditate strongly on. Very powerful doctrinal messages. You can meditate on, take time to study it. Romans 10, Hebrews 10. Romans 10, Hebrews 10. So much of bad theology, bad teachings get all cleaned out when you study Romans 10, Hebrews 10, right? Let's now go to Romans chapter 10 very carefully. Let's understand what it's saying. Brethren, now he's writing to the believers. My heart's desire and prayer for, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Do you see that ignorance? Remember we just said? The only thing we, our job is down to be aware of God's righteousness. Correct? Now, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, the moment you are ignorant that God's righteousness is a gift to you and you have it, what do you start to do? And seeking to establish their own righteousness. Automatically. The moment you think that you are not righteous, you will want to become righteous with your own efforts. Big problem. They did not, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So, the moment you are not aware that God has made you righteous, you, are, you don't submit to the righteousness of God. How do you submit to the righteousness of God? When God says, you are righteous, Jotsna, you are righteous, Alkesh, you, are, you have to say what? How do you submit to it? Yes, I am righteous. So, say, submit to righteousness means saying yes to what God is telling about you. Submit to it. Don't, if I'm telling you are a woman, Gracie, don't fight it. <laughs> you know, submit to it. Who wears the pants in the house, man? Who wears the pants? Oh, I like it. <laughs> She's the head. She's the head. <laughs> no, she's the helper. She's the helper. Not the boss. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's the right order. Because each one, that's a role, right? God, you're most fruitful in your role. So when you submit to the role that God has given you, guess what? You become very fruitful because you're designed for that. So when you submit to God's righteousness, you become very fruitful. Okay. So Israel was not doing it. Israel still today does not submit to God's righteousness as a gift. For, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. The righteousness of the law you have to. You have to. The man who does these things. Righteousness of the law comes by doing. Very, very clear. See, Romans 10 is such a beautiful chapter. The righteousness of the law comes by doing. Amen? Okay, let's look at it. But. Say but. but. Verse 6. Underline that in your Bible. Very, very important. This is like a core verse for every believer. But. Say but. but. See, now we are not talking about the righteousness of the law. Righteousness of the law, you have to do stuff to be good. But. but that means Paul is about, the Holy Spirit is about to say the new rules for the butterfly. The caterpillar 
has to do stuff for the butterfly but you are born again for you those laws rules don't apply what are the new rules the righteousness of faith speaks righteousness of faith speaks righteousness of faith speaks righteousness of faith speaks righteousness of the law no 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 come on righteousness of the law does righteousness of the faith god do you get that okay now let's repeat this i want to get this in your spirit righteousness of the law does righteousness of faith speaks do you see the contrast totally different operations guys totally different operations gracie completely different i mean righteousness of the law say i'm going to make make you all practice this because it's bad habits caterpillar has a habit of crawling butterflies fly it takes a little time for you to stop crawling and start flying so what is the operation of the caterpillar righteousness of the law no <laughs> Come on caterpillar come on man come on come on <laughs> righteousness of the law does okay i know this is hard but i want you to now repeat after me in like a symphony righteousness of the law does righteousness of faith speaks righteousness of the law does righteousness of the law speaks Correct. Good. That was a trick. That was a trick. That's it. No, it was not. Okay, let's do that again. Righteousness of the law. Righteousness of faith. Righteousness of faith. Righteousness of the law. You got it? You got it? Okay. Do uh, what? <laughs> Very good. This is a good practice for your children, right? This is a game that you can play. Righteousness of the law. Does. Righteousness of faith. Fix. So, as a caterpillar, what can you do eat. eat you have to do you have to do caterpillar can speak as much as they want so what happens is there are a lot of seminars lot of things that you teach unbelievers that confess good things and good things will happen what's the problem with that you are not believer you are caterpillar you can say whatever you want you you, you cannot fly I mean, you cannot fly. You can wish you fly, speak fly, talk fly. No problem. You are not going to fly because he is under an unregenerated covenant. He is still under his sins. He is not made righteous. You see the power of righteousness. You are made perfect. Caterpillar needs to become perfect. He has to. For the caterpillar to become perfect, what what does he have to do? i i'm looking for a word correct oh this is so powerful a caterpillar cannot become good by living did you know that a caterpillar can only become perfect by dying so the whole world's philosophies is all about by living becoming good cannot become say cannot 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 <laughs> you can do how many more sessions you can do you can read all the theology books all philosophies you can do everything you cannot become perfect because why you have to die you have to die 
So uh, uh, the other day I was sharing with somebody with somebody, and I, in, my, in my office I was telling with some one, one of the guys who was sharing the gospel with him. I said, it's appointed for man to die once and then judgment, right? Every man, you can say I have reincarnation and all that, all that is fables. You've been to at the bedside of anybody who's dying, you will know. They all have a sense that they, this is not it. They're going to continue. In fact, there's research that is now proved that your brain, and they don't know what is this part of the brain. They have no concept. When the brain stops, your consciousness still continues. And you can still hear yourself, the doctors see yourself. Just research, just this week. Correct? Completely. So you're, completely, the, the, the research is now telling them that the brain is dead, gone. But they can hear the doctor, they can see the doctor, they can see, proven, there's no, it's not theology, it's just thing, because nothing happens. You will die once, and then the judgment. It's appointed for man to die once. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple. Either you die quickly, or you die forever. That's all it is. The choice is you have to die. Either you decide to die quickly, or you decide to die Forever. Why? If you decide to die quickly, that means the death is over. That means it's finished. That's a, that punishment is finished. But, and only one person can provide you a death that is complete. Who is that person? Only one person. Only on the cross when a man could say it is finished. That means he died, paid the punishment, and he still remained on the cross. That means he was, he had, he had resurrected from his spirit on the cross itself. That's very powerful. We talked about it in one message in, in the life teams. Very, very powerful message. I don't know which message is that. It was last year. Very powerful message. What a revelation was that. How And Psalms talks about it. What happened to Jesus on the cross. That is why at the end of the crucifixion, Jesus could say, into your hands, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He could never say that if he was still carrying your sin. You see? A holy God can never receive a sinful man. Because at that point of time, the punishment was already fully paid. And God the Father had rescued him from the depths of the spiritual death. And then the physical death is where he continued to go into hates and destroy all the powers. Because he had already finished the penalty. Once you paid the price, what? Like, if I paid his credit card due... He, he, what's the guy, what's the guy still paying the credit card for you? No, he's, I can free everybody. Everybody's debt, I can go. So that's what God, Jesus did Saturday, right? What he was doing was, he was going to Hades. He's already resurrected on the cross. That's the Bible talks about. It was very popular. You have to go into that message and study it. It's, I've given you scriptures, everything. What happened was, it's a miracle. Not, not everybody understands that, but it's true. Paul talks about it. Today I have begotten you. He's talking about the day on the cross. I've begotten you. And he completed And he said, Jesus, that's why Jesus said, it is finished. That means all punishment has been paid. Done. That means I have finished the paying the death penalty for you. So only in Jesus, your death is complete and quick. When you identify with Jesus' death, guess what? God credits you his death because you need to die. Because you are not righteous. It has been appointed for you to die. So you have to take his death. But only in Jesus, the death is complete. Suppose you, didn't, you don't take this death of Jesus Christ. Then what happens? Who has to pay for your sins? 
yourself. How long should you pay for the sins? Why, why should you have to pay the sins forever? Why? Why? Now, this is very important for you to know why you have to pay the, your punishment for your sins forever. Do you know why you have to pay your punishment of your sins forever? Because it's atonement. No, 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 no. Not because of that. Not because of that. Come on. Think about it. Why do you have to pay? Think about what happened with Jesus. Why didn't Jesus have to continue to pay the penalty of your sin forever? No. He took your sin. Why? No, 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 no. Why did Jesus continue to die forever? Huh? He did. But why was his death not uh, forever? He did die for himself. He died for us. Correct. But still, it is credit. It's $1 billion of debt. $1 billion has to be paid. Correct? Okay. Let me cut to cut. No, not because of that. But he, he, because he was righteous, he didn't have to die for his own sin. That's a different story. Now he's taking your sin. Why didn't he die forever? You know why? Because his punishment that he paid was greater than your sin. See, he's the only one who can pay more than what you owe. And that's why the future sin also is also Not only that, that means he gave, he paid the penalty of death more than the penalty was needed. Like for example, if you're your, your punishment was only 10 years in prison. He went 100 years in death. If it was you owed only $10, dollars, he paid on your behalf a billion dollars to the father. Remember, he overpaid. That is why. Remember on the, you know the story of Elijah. When Elijah called fire down from heaven, what happened? They, he said, fill water, fill water, fill a fill lot of water. They were not trying to make it easy for the sacrifice. But when the fire came down, what happened? It consumed what all? Water? The wood? The stones? Why? What is the, what is the, what is the fire there a picture of? No, what is the fire a picture of? God's judgment. Correct? So it's consuming. So it started with the uh, sacrifice. So but the sacrifice punishment was not enough. That means there is still more... Punishment left to be paid. So it goes to the wood. Now the wood gets consumed. But still, no, this is not enough because the sins are greater. So it goes to the altar. The altar gets consumed. My goodness, the, the sin is still more. Then it starts consuming the stones. Then the, it's consumed the stones and still there is... No, water is consumed, gone. Now stones are being consumed. But still there is punishment left to be completed. Who can finish this punishment? Thank you, Jesus, that he could finally come and say, Tetelestai. Now you understand the power of the word Tetelestai. When Tetelestai resounded on the earth, in heaven and under the earth, it was the only possible. Satan never knew that this could ever happen. He knew judgment can never be finished. Because God's standard of judgment is very high. You can never finish paying. That is why if you decide to forsake the death of Jesus, because everybody has to die for their sin. Either you die quickly and the finished way of Jesus, so God gives it to you as a credit. So Gracie, when you accepted Jesus, God said, guess what? Let it be recorded forever in all of history. Gracie, this day, died. 
and she has rightly paid for her sins. And you will say, Anil, that's blasphemy. Gracie never paid for her sins. God doesn't see that. God sees it that Gracie paid for her sins justly. Because he put Gracie in Jesus. You see that? It's a legal thing what happened on the cross. Okay, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 5. I think this is very powerful because we are in this week of the resurrection, right? So let's read this. Matthew chapter 5. He's talking about a certain king. A certain king who's settling accounts. Can you get me that chapter? It's in Matthew. How often should I forgive? Somebody asked. Okay, let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Now look at this. Very, very powerful. So Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, Jesus is talking about his heavenly father. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. See, the kingdom of heaven is a certain king settling accounts. That's all it is. That's all is it. So he, so he began to settle accounts. One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold, and he and his wife and his children and all that he had, and their payment should be made. The servant therefore fell down before him and said, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. So what is the deception that this servant has? That he will be able to pay. Given what? Given, given enough time... I will be able to pay. Is that true? No. See, that's a deception that every man has. Give me enough time and I will be able to settle my accounts with this God. But but the, the king knows that this is not true and has mercy on him and forgives him. You see the thing? You can never finish paying the price. So what happens is if you forsake the death of Jesus Christ, what do, what do you have to do? You have to pay. And how long will it take for you to pay? Forever. That is why the Bible says, hates is a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm doesn't die. Why does the worm doesn't die? No, 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 no. When you are thrown into hell, why does the worm doesn't die? Very, very... You know, have you seen when you, when you leave out... Yeah, good point. Have you seen in kitchen, if you left a rotten fish outside or meat outside by mistake and you don't realize that it is there, after some time, what happens in the house? The Not about the smell. What happens? What, show, what shows up? Worms start showing up, correct? Maggots start showing up. How long will those worms remain? Until that flesh is consumed. But if I tell you in this place, in this, this, this particular house, the worms never die, means what? 
That means there is an endless supply of flesh that it has left to consume. That means, so, and he says the fire is never quenched. That means, when is the fire quenched? When it's consumed everything. So, when in hell, what's happening there? Jesus is saying the fire is not quenched and the worm never dies. Now, you understand why? Because you can, you will continue to provide material for punishment. You can never finish paying it. At no point can the fire say, done. George has been consumed. Cannot say it. Now you see why eternal punishment in hell is a stupid option for any man to say. To think that give me enough time and I will pay it. You cannot pay it. How much time do you need? An eternity? Die fast. (laughs) Receive the death of Jesus quickly. Die fast. Receive it quickly. Receive Jesus and receive what? His death. Isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus, for the death. Thank you, Jesus, for the death. You don't want to die forever. Because your your punishment... That is why God is not unjust to let you suffer forever. Because what is he waiting in hell to happen? He's waiting for the accounts to be settled. Remember, you owe a thousand talents... He's trying to wait to get his talents back, but you can never pay it. That's all he's waiting. He's not unjust like that, oh, you rejected Jesus, therefore I am angry with you. No, 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 you get it wrong. He's concerned about his talents. You owe him talents, but who can pay your thousand talents back to God? Only Jesus. That is why, remember he said the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who is settling accounts. And in the Greek word, when you settle accounts and you paid off the debt, the, 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 the finance guy, the CPA, in the Roman time would always stamp on every invoice, tetelestai, tetelestai, tetelestai. That is why Jesus used a very accounting term when it said, it's finished. Accounts have been settled. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Romans chapter 10. Okay. So, let's go back to So, the righteousness of the law? The righteousness of faith? Speaks. Okay. So, but the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart. So, again, now he's talking about how to say. Now, it, now you know that the righteousness of faith speaks. Now, now it's telling you what to speak. But it starts off by telling what not to speak. Say, now what not to speak? Okay, let's see what not to speak. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That means, don't say in your heart that I will go up into heaven. That means, I will become righteous on my own level. That is to bring Christ down. Or, who will descend into hell? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does it say? Now, come on, this is exciting. Now you want to know what the righteousness of faith says, right? Okay, let's see what the righteousness of faith says. Verse 8, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth. Right, but what does it start off by it? Where is the word right now? Okay, near, but where? Say in my mouth. This righteousness of faith, the word is where? What, what is in your mouth? The word. Why do you need this word? Why do you need to speak? 
got it you got it you got it right like under the law what did you need to know you need you need to do but to do what you need to know the law so you need to know what to do for that you need to study the law so you have to meditate on the law how long day and night because you need to know what you need to do whose diet is that caterpillar's diet righteousness of faith has to do what speak so now what we should know what what to speak correct so paul says through the holy spirit what not to speak but let's forget about what not to speak let's understand what to speak but he says where do i get these words for me to speak where is it it's no 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 it's not in the word where is it it's in your mouth who put you put it in the in your mouth holy spirit when was it in your mouth when you are born again see the word of faith is near you in your mouth see you are born with that word in your mouth say i am born with this word in my mouth but i'm saying but why am i not speaking it because you are thinking caterpillar so everything you you want to speak faith you are speaking faith you are speaking stuff but something is telling you no 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 you're lying sister you're lying don't say that so now you're like you're like it's there it's there already alkesh talks about it it's already there in your heart it's there it's in your mouth say it's in my mouth i don't have to learn it i don't have to practice it it is in my mouth so what do you have to do with the word in your mouth speak it okay that's easy easily said than done correct let's look at it the word is near you in your mouth and where is it in your heart but first where is it in your mouth and it's also in your heart that means your heart is also now is your heart now deceitful yeah whose heart is deceitful caterpillar huh caterpillar <laughs> he's not taken the caterpillar all the way now for every answer will be caterpillar right <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> who whose heart is deceitful above all things now not uh, unregenerated person his heart is deceitful about all things but a believer he says your heart's purified by faith now you have a new heart and actually it's one heart it's one heart we all have this one heart remember how many body does god have on the earth one body how many hearts does one body have one heart so we all have this one heart we are all in this one heart and this heart is pure if you say this heart is not pure guess who who are you blame who are you condemning jesus he is the head the body is on the earth where is the heart in the head or in the body in the body so the heart is on the earth so we are this one heart here correct so it, this word of faith is in this okay what is it this word and what does he call this this word is the word of faith that we preach what why is it called a word of faith Okay, why do you call something word of faith? What is when does it not become a word of faith? Okay, when I say that I believe by faith, okay, I believe by faith that there is a pineapple here. When does it stop becoming a word of faith and starts becoming a fact? When you say it's not a fact. 
<laughs> when you experience it, when you see it with your natural senses. But till then it is still, it's a word of faith, correct? Word of faith is because God is saying something about you that you don't see it yourself. So what is that word? That you are righteous. You are righteous and perfect in the Father's eyes. And that's the word of faith that we are preaching. And it's a word of faith. Why? Because if it was, if you were righteous just by looking at yourself or by your actions, it is not the word of faith. It's a word of fact. It's not a word of faith. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So can you see your righteousness? Can you see your righteousness? No. No. So now when you declare that you are righteous on a daily basis, what's, what, what does God call that? God calls it a word of faith. Who, who stands, bears witness to that word of faith? Jesus. Holy Spirit. That's why he's given it into you because he constantly reminds you that you are righteous. By calling himself holy, he's saying that if I am holy and I am a spirit and I dwell in you, do you think I will dwell in an unholy place? Now that is common sense. If you are Holy Spirit, you will dwell in only in with what vessel? Holy vessel. By holy vessel means what? You are holy, complete and perfect. But you'll say, but Anil, I don't see myself righteous. I don't care. That's why it's called word of? Do you get it? Romans chapter 10 is like the core. Righteousness of law? Good. <laughs> Righteousness of faith? What does it speak? And where is this word of faith? My mouth. What do you have to do with this word in your mouth? Speak it. So what happens if you don't speak it? Good. Okay, that's the vast majority. The reason why we don't speak it is because we think that we are still unregenerated. Correct? Okay, but what happens if you know that you are righteous, but you don't speak that you are righteous? Right? Now, so now you are saying, I am a butterfly, but I refuse to operate in the law of the butterfly. I just don't going to refuse to do it. I'm not just going to speak it, but I believe in my heart. I believe it. All good things will happen to me because I am righteous. What's the problem with that? You will not fly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a law. I mean, you can decide what you want. But if the maker has made a combination lock, what do you need for a combination lock? Say a combination. combination. And you'll never forget this. What do you need for a combination lock to open? A combination. Very simple. Why do you call it a combination? If only you need one thing, why do you call it a combination? You don't need a combination lock if it's only one alphabet. Press to open. It's not a combination lock. How is it even a lock? <laughs> it's like press, open. I mean, it's not a lock. Combination means this plus this opens. This plus this flies. This plus this does stuff. So now you want to see the combination lock? What is the combination lock? The combination lock is with whom? With us. One is in your mouth. The other one is in your heart. What do you have to do with your heart? I'm sorry. There is nothing that you have to do in your heart. Because the heart is purified. See, look at how beautiful it is. God has made a foolproof method for you to win. 
just in case. Oh my goodness, they are so complicated. A plus B, but if they forget to put B, <laughs> God says, okay, don't let them confuse A and B. Let, let's, let's put A in the first place so that they don't put B in the first place and mess up the combination. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put A in slot number one and they cannot change it. All they have to do, put B. <laughs> All they have to do, put B. And we are like, no, 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 no. That is too complicated, brother. That's too complicated. What's so complicated about putting B in B? Middle says, don't scream when you preach, okay? Don't scream, okay? <laughs> but you know, this is like, how? And, okay, as if this is not enough. He puts the Holy Spirit in you, constantly telling you, go for B, go for B, go for B, go for B. <laughs> He doesn't even leave that to chance. He keeps on telling you, go for B, go for B, go for B. Oh, just a, oh, I woke up in the morning. Was it A or is it B? B, B man, B. <laughs> what do you have to say? No, but no, God wants to be absolutely sure that you get. That's why the Holy Spirit constantly says, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Means what? God is your father. If God is your father, you cannot be unrighteous, right? Correct? Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Push the lock, man. <laughs> so all of heaven is like, I am bearing witness. The Father is bearing witness. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness. Speak it and you can fly. Hallelujah. We can't. No, 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 no. Okay, the word of faith, the word. It's too, it's too simple, but look at how. So we, of all the things that we can mess up, we just don't want to do that one thing because that's the only law that operates in a caterpillar's life, in a butterfly's life, as the law of faith speaks. So we are like crawling, working, meditating on the law, uh, the discipline, fasting, praying, doing this, going to church, going this, giving money to the poor, ch charitable donation, that donation. Press B. Say B. That's all it says. You see, all that is caterpillar's diet. You will do more than above everything. But now, start flying. Do you see how powerful this concept is? The law of faith speaks. What should it speak? The word of faith. Where is the word of faith? In your mouth. Don't worry about the stuff that is in your heart. Why? For Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, which you did and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? Now he says the combination of. Now underline that verse. Romans 10, 10. Remember 10, 10. 10, 10, 10, 10. That's a very powerful you can remember it ever. 10, 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Is that part done or not? Yes. Done. Right? You believed with your heart and you became righteous. Done? So what's missing? And with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. salvation. That means you are, it will, it will manifest. That means everything that, now when he says salvation, he's not talking about eternal salvation. He's talking about in an area that you want something. You believe in your heart. You already are righteous. Now you speak it. Speak that you are righteous in that area. Like you're, you have a health problem. You speak that you are healed. If you have a, a money problem, Speak, speak that you are rich. 
When do you speak it? After it manifests or before it manifests? Why? It's called a word of faith. That means how do you speak it? As if it is already done. That means it is you have to speak that you are righteous. Will you say I am becoming righteous? No. I am righteous. So when you are having a sickness problem, what do you will you confess? The key word. I am healed. I am past tense. You have to put it in the past. Say put it in the past. Because it's a word of faith. It's already done. If it's going to happen, what's the faith about it? It is done. That means it's a word of faith. You're believing. So you'll say, but Anil, I don't see it. Correct. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You're not seeing it. This is called word of faith. So what happens? The moment you speak, what happens? Salvation happens. That means you're restored. You're saved from that sickness. You're saved from that thing. Think about the time that you've never spoken with your mouth. You're waiting for it to, to happen before you can speak. It's not, it's of no use. What's the point of saying that, oh, I see Ranjit here. Big deal. Everybody can see Ranjit here. I see all of you blessed. Now I'm speaking by faith. I see you blessed. I don't see everybody blessed. It's my natural eyes, but I'm declaring that that is why the Bible says in my last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and the sons and daughters shall prophesy. See, when the moment you're born again, everybody prophesies. What is prophesy? Proclaiming the word of faith. That means when you say stuff concerning your situation in faith, God calls it prophecy and that is a gift that is only available for a believer you can as an unbeliever say can say whatever you want to do till the cows come home nothing is going to happen but as a believer when you confess with your mouth confess with your mouth not your sins hold it this is not sin confession if you ever get mistaken this is not sin confession that's over if you confess your sins today what are you now who is bearing witness to your sins Nobody. The Holy Spirit says their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So you don't have a witness from the Holy Spirit. The Father said, as far as east is from the west, so far I have taken your sins away from you. He doesn't bear witness for your sins. Jesus says, all I have been made sin for you so that you will have the righteousness of me. So he doesn't bear witness for the sin because he is paid for it. He definitely knew that he has paid for his sins. I mean, if somebody does... Who will know that who's paid your debt more than the guy who paid it? The guy who paid it will definitely know because he sees his bank balance. It costs Jesus. He knows for sure that you are righteous. He definitely knows for sure that you are righteous. So you don't have any witness from the Holy Spirit. You have no witness from the Father. You have no witness from Jesus Christ. So you are alone when you confess your sins. Big problem. You are standing alone. And that is not going to open any locks for you. You are going to stay. You are, because you are not telling the truth. You are not telling the truth. God will not bear witness to a lie. You are not telling the truth. You have to bear witness to the truth. Do you get it? Do you get it? Okay. For the scripture says, verse 11. He said, he is so confident of it. He said, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That means if you speak with your mouth, you will not be put to shame. See, that's your biggest challenge, right? Why do you not speak? Because you'll say, you say what? If I say it, and if it doesn't come to happen, what will happen? 
I will be put to shame. Correct? God says, if you, you speak it, if you believe in your heart, you will not be put to shame. That means what will happen? It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. For verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. That means anybody. He doesn't make a distinction between somebody who does more good works than somebody who doesn't do good works. On a Jew or a Gentile. The Gentile is like in crazy. Corinthian church was like doing messy stuff. But God, he says God is not partial. If he, the Corinthian church confesses with their mouth, I will answer. If Alkish confesses with his mouth, I will answer. Because I am rich towards all. But rich towards who? To confess. Because you already believe. So the combination works. Lock works. So speak. I'm saying speak. Because that's what your diet is. You don't have any other diet. Now, this is very powerful. This is Holy Spirit told me a couple, couple of months back. I shared in the life team before and told Milo many times. I shared this many times. The Holy Spirit was telling me, Anil, think about yourself as a man, right? As a human body. Every creature on the earth, every creature that I have made is endowed, endowed with some physical trait that characterizes its strength. Like, for example, a snake has a fang and has a venom. Because of it, it has strength. Correct? You take any, you name, name anything, rhinoceros. What does it have? It horn. horn, and it has a very thick hide, and it's proud of it, and it lives on its strength. Correct? Right. Let's take any name. Come on, name, name. Give me the animals, right? Ant. Huh? Ant. ant. What does the ant do? Size. It has supernatural strength, great organization ability, and can uh, has. I mean, does can stuff stuff survives on stuff. All kinds of things. Amazing ability. Correct? What else? Elephant. What does the elephant have? Strong uh, trunk or nose that is so characterized and it can live off it. Right? Okay, come on, give me names. Any creature. Duck. Huh? Duck. duck. What does a duck have? Amazing ability to paddle yeah. and to uh, eat. eat and remove the water out from its holes. I mean, amazing ability. Every creature that God has created is endowed with some physical ability by which it can live on the earth. Amen? Everybody. Okay, what about a peacock? Beauty. It can attract females and it can shoo away other uh, uh, creatures by its eyes. It makes it look as if there's a thousand creatures when it opens it up. It has all these eyes, right? So it has been designed like that, correct? Everything. Uh, a chameleon, what is his strength? It can change colors and it can masquerade and it can live one of it. And yesterday we saw a chameleon outside. Oh my, amazing. It one stem, it is bright green. Next stem, it is totally brown. I was like, I was like, in, like this. Amazing. I mean, where does it get all this? But it's been endowed by the creator, by Jesus Christ himself. Correct? So, now let's look at a human being. Let's start with your hair, James. <laughs> Do you have the most hair that you can live by? Nothing. If I, if I pull your hair, will it hurt? It does. Are there other creatures that have such thick hair that you cannot penetrate it? Yes. 
There are seals, some of uh, lion seal, there are some things that have such thick hair, you cannot do anything to it. Correct? Okay, let's start from your eyebrows. Anybody has bigger eyebrows than you? Yes, there are animals that have big eyebrows, bushy eyebrows that you can, you can barely see through. Come on, eyes. Does any other, anybody else has better eyes than you? And who can see further and live by it? You cannot even, I'm telling you, you go down your physical features, there is nothing that can help you for life. There's nothing. You don't even have a thick skin. <laughs> you need clothes to cover you. You don't have uh, uh, pads on your feet, even though you are meant to walk. So you have callus and you have to put slippers on. I mean, you, you don't have thick elbows that you can rub on. I mean, some of these chimpanzees, you can see these guys can do stuff and it doesn't hurt them. You don't have anything. Can you, can you call loudly, loud voices? No. There are animals that can screech, whales that can screech, and their voice carries towards the oceans, and uh, researchers can detect it from uh, continents. So you don't have anything in your physical ability for you to live on life. Or is it? You can speak. And God says by your speaking, you will dominate all creation on the earth. Wow. But just by speaking, you will dominate the whole world. Just by speaking words, that means I may not have strength, but I can speak and things will happen. Therefore, all of creation is awe of this creation called man. Because he has been made after the same image that God operates. How does God operate? He speaks. He, he forms worlds and frames it just by speaking. So what did man lose when he sinned? The authority to speak. So what did God restore the moment you are born again? What happened when the Holy Spirit fell and the church was born? What is the first thing that happened? They say, what happened there? Say, they? They, say, they? They spoke. God restored that power and that authority back to man. And now he's saying, speak. And what you speak, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And what you speak shall come to pass. Suddenly, now you are back again, the most powerful man, human being on the earth. Speak. So that is why, let's go to Romans, James chapter 3. Come on. Are you, are you all excited about the study? Okay. James chapter 3. That is the reason when, when you are born again, the first thing God anoints is what? Your tongue. He, he regenerates it. Because what happened when you sinned was, this is so powerful. Let's go to James chapter 3. 4. 3. 3. Let's go to this. Now, brethren, now James is writing this not to believers. Say not to believers. Not to now, you need to understand James. James is a, stump, a rock that most Christians stumble. Say stumble. stumble. Preachers stumble. Teachers stumble. Uh, evangelists stumble. The church stumbles. Because James is not writing to the... Say James... He's not writing this to the church. He's writing this to whom? 
Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 1. To the 12 tribes who are what? Scattered. Scattered abroad. And what does he say in verse 2? My brethren. So who is he talking to? Jews. Jews who are what? Believers or unbelievers? Unbelievers. unbelievers. He's telling the unbelievers, Jews, don't boast as if you can teach. Because you are not even regenerated. So he would say to them, let not everybody decide to become a teacher. Because you will be more accountable. Why is he saying that to them? Because what are you going to teach? What will an educated Jew teach? Law. The law. And if you have to teach the law, what do you have to do? Follow the law. Correct. And can you keep the law perfectly? No. no. So what will happen to you? You will be judged. He is not telling that to the church. Now you understand James as writing to Jews. Now you understand he, see James has this great longing that his brother and come to know Jesus Christ. Because they don't want to receive Jesus. They want to do the operation of the righteousness of the law. So James is hitting them hard. He's saying, you think you can keep the law? You think you can keep the law? You say you are good. But what is, what is the point of your faith if you don't feed the poor? He is hitting them right, left and center. He's not talking about the faith of a believer there. He's talking about the faith of the Jew who says that I have faith, but I don't want to care. God doesn't care about your faith right now of how much you helped the poor and what you did because he's not accounting that to you as righteousness. But James has to get them to a point to recognize that I cannot keep it. And God, he has to get them to say that I give, we give up. And we have to come to whom? Jesus. So he hits them and hits them and hits them. So what preachers do and a lot of people do is take this and hit whom? <laughs> so the favorite chapter for a lot of preachers is James. Because it's very easy to take verses from James and hit whom? The church. Because it's not meant to hit the church. So now let's look at what's happened to an unregenerated believer. The power of the tongue. Let's look at it. Let's read verse, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble in word. Means in speaking. He's a perfect man. Able to bridle the whole body. That means if you can control the tongue. You can control your whole body. Say, if I control my tongue, my body can be controlled. Okay? Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth and they obey us. And we turn the whole body. That means the body obeys the tongue. Say, the body obeys the tongue. Got it? You got it? Okay. Look at the ships. Though they are large and driven by fierce winds, they can be turned. Say ships can be turned by the rudder. So big things, large things, impossible things can have, will obey what? The word. No, it's really about the word. He's giving example that how the word can control big things. So he's making a point. Even so, verse 5, tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Now underline verse 6. Now you have to understand verse 6 and 
Flip it for your benefit. You got it? Now this is what happens in an unbeliever's life. A tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set in our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Did you get this? The tongue is so set in our members. That means in our whole body, the tongue is so positioned that what happens? It can defile the whole body. Let's now flip it. It can flip it. It can clean your body, make the body holy. That means Defile the body means what's the opposite of defile? Clean. That means cannot be touched. Say cannot be touched. So the mouth can make the body untouchable. That means no sickness, no disease, no virus can touch your body. Who decides it? My goodness. Did you get the revelation? Your tongue can decide what your body can take, not take. So if you have allergies, who decides that? The tongue decides it. What should the tongue do? No. Speak it. Say, not against it. You have to say what? That I don't have it. So the tongue is... So, say, now this is powerful. You all guys need to get this revelation very huge. I know he's talking to the un unbelievers. But look at the revelation that the Holy Spirit is saying. The tongue is so set in the members. It's so set... That it defines the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Now we are not even talking about our destiny, our promotion, our jobs, our houses, our world, our life on the earth. We are not talking about the course of nature. Course of nature means what's going to happen to Prem, uh, Manohar tomorrow. That's the course of nature, is it? Correct? Who decides that? Did you know that your tongue decides that? Did you know what's happening to you is the result of what your tongues said many days back or years back or generations back? What was spoken by you is what you're doing right now. Your course of nature is the result of what your tongue spoke. So don't blame anybody else, okay? Don't blame your mother-in-law, your spouse, your father-in-law, your house, your city, your boss. Your, if only I had better colleagues. Guess what? You go into another job, you somehow find a colleague that is just like your previous colleague. That's right. <laughs> or a worse one. No, but most of the time it's like, how did you show up here? Yeah. Why? Because who is setting the course of nature? You have already spoken and prophesied that in your life. Man, nothing goes wrong, uh, right with me in my life. So all of your members in your body heard that. All of the world heard that. And now it is obeying it. Because it's a large ship. It takes some time to move. But eventually you will get there. <laughs> eventually things will not work out for you. Do you all get this revelation? It sets on fire the course of nature. So what? Flip it. It sets on. What will happen? Flip it. What happens to your tongue when you speak right now? It sets on prosperity, on peace, 
on power, on eternal life, your course of nature. Amen? Because now it's flipped for you. So you have the ability to do that and sets on fire everything. But he says, verse 7, now he's writing to the Jews, every creature can be tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. Who tamed our tongue? Who tamed our tongue? We were born with tongues. When you're born again, they spoke with tongues. It's a regenerated tongue. He tamed it. The first thing that God did when you're born again was he did what? He tamed what? Because he knows if he can tame the tongue, what will, what will you have on the earth? What will you have on the earth? Authority. Remember, say Adam lost that authority. Now you have that authority. And you're like, Anil, if I had known this and the stuff that I have to speak right now, I could have got so much stuff in my life. Yes. Yes. Because that's a combination lock. A is fixed. Go for B. Speak it. Do you get this? Do you get this? So, and then he goes... Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. This is not so. And we don't want, want, it, want to go with that. But okay. Let's go back to Romans chapter 10. And then we'll have to close quickly because we do not have too much time. But let's do this. But I want to show you something very powerful. Okay. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. I'm telling you, some of these sessions are so powerful that the Holy Spirit opens up stuff to you. Because if you can understand this revelation and start walking in it, Speak it. The law of faith speaks. Now, Jesus is very, very clear on it. Let's look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. We said Hebrews chapter 10, right? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. We don't have too much time, but we have to cover this passage. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, 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 Ranjit, can you read Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14? Okay, anybody else? Yeah. You can read it. King James, New King James Version. Okay. Sanctified. By one offering, he has perfected forever. So are we a caterpillar or a butterfly? Butterfly. butterfly. You're perfected for how long? Forever. Ever. You don't change. If a butterfly grows, that means it's perfect when it started off? No. But a butterfly never grows. So you're perfected forever. That means you, what you are is what you will be forever. You're perfect right now. But you are being sanctified. Sanctified means what? Separated. separated. Separated from all what? I'm looking for the word. What are you separated right now from? No. You're not separated from unrighteousness. No. 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 You are separated from judgments. See, because you're righteous, God, Satan cannot put judgments against you. 
He cannot put death on you. You are constantly being separated from judgments in the earth. You got it? You are constantly being separated from judgments. You are already righteous. You cannot be unrighteous. But you are constantly being separated from judgments. Why? Why should you not be judged? Jesus is paid and you're righteous. How can you judge a righteous guy? So when Satan brings false judgments against you, by how does he now bring false judgments against you? Who decides that? Your tongue decides that. You bring judgments on yourself by declaring it on you. So God is training you to speak righteousness so that you'll be separated from judgments in the world. So the world will be under the sway of the enemy, but you will not be. By what? By speaking. Okay, let's read this. Verse, uh, verse 15. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses for us that after he has said, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. He's talking about when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit will write his laws in our heart and in our minds I will write them. So what is the Holy Spirit writing? This is a trick question. If you get this, you got this. What is the Holy Spirit writing in our hearts? Correct! He is not writing the law. He is writing which law right now? The law of faith. The law of faith. The law of righteousness. So a lot of preachers bring this verse and say, now you don't have to now you have now you don't have to study the commandments because God has written the commandments in your heart. Wrong. God is not writing the commandments in your heart because why would he write the commandments that brings death in your heart? So what is he writing in your heart? That you are righteous because of Jesus. And look at what he says. Verse 17. Just to prove the point. Just to prove the point. Can somebody read verse 17? Then he adds... Okay, now if you were keeping the law correctly, why would you have sins? And why would you have lawless deeds? So he's saying, when they do lawless deeds, and when they sin, I will remember them no more. Hold it. When you sin, and when you commit lawless deeds, the Holy Spirit says, what will he do? So what law, what was he writing in the heart? That I don't find any fault with you. You got it? So he's constantly writing this. Correct? So now the Holy Spirit is speaking. What is he speaking? We are righteous. I know it's boring to hear this word righteous, righteous, righteous again. But you need to get this, right? Because it's a new diet. You have to hear this diet. Okay. I will remember their sins no more. So, should you bring up the sins of any other believer? No. 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 Because, why? They don't have any sin. Yeah, they have lawless deeds, but Holy Spirit doesn't remember. Why should you remember? Correct? Should you bring up the faults of your spouse? No. Why? You say, but he's not acting the way I want. But who cares? Are you going to go by what you see, or what you're going to decide the course of nature by? Speaking. You have to speak that course of nature into what you want. Correct? Speak it. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to witness with your fault finding. I'm sorry. Yeah, the guy is a jerk. 
but he is not going holy spirit is not going to bear witness with your statement that he is a jerk because what does the holy spirit think of him righteous so you have a choice either you stand alone or you bear witness with what the holy spirit is bear witnessing and by your mouth change the course of nature poverty do you have constantly have troubles paying your bills speak don't say i'm righteous in your heart speak it with your mouth i am rich because jesus is rich correct hold it you don't need but until i need to i need to i need to have a good job that means now you're depending on what you can see are you an animal hold it are you an animal do you need to see a big trunk before you can use it you are a man you can speak and it happens that's how it is god makes worlds by what you speak okay what do you want speak it and it will happen you'll say but I- i'm not seeing it right now oh oh you waited too long man how many days did you wait uh, 24 hours how about a couple of days do you can, can you wait can you wait a little bit can you wait do you have confidence that what you say will come to happen remember it's a big ship so when the radar shifts when does the ship turn when do you realize that the ship has turned how much time does it take for the ship to turn takes a little time it's a big ship but it is eventually turned it's but when did it start to turn say when did it start to turn when did it start to turn when the radar turned it started it started i'm telling you you start speaking it started now you 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 spoke it you don't see anything happening two days three days is not happening then what do you do i know this guy is a joke <laughs> so what happened no what's what's happening no 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 what's happening now now what happened now this radar which was like this what what did it do it, no it just do talk so now it was turning like this now it's what's what's starting to do what does the ship start to do it starts to turn but it doesn't turn immediately eventually jerk will show up in your future poverty will show up in your future sickness will show up in your future brother every time in august september i have allergies guess what now it is january come august because the radar shifted in january correct you spoke it it will eventually turn but you will not sneeze the first day because it takes time for your body to obey it's going to happen it's going to happen brothers it's going to happen i am telling you use this for your advantage start speaking stuff in your life and start turning the ship into the direction that you want faith speaks so so now the holy spirit is now saying i remember your sins no more correct you got it now let's read verse 19 therefore brother why he says therefore because what the holy spirit is not just told about you correct gracie now the holy spirit is just told you that you are perfect right so therefore what should you do common sense is what you are perfect so what should you do look at verse 19 therefore brother having boldness so what does that give it to you what give, what happens to you you get boldness therefore brother having boldness where did this boldness come no no where did this boldness come 
by your knowledge that the holy spirit doesn't remember your sins because now he doesn't remember your sins and holy spirit is now written that about you what do you have right now ranjit your boldness because now you go into the presence of god knowing 100% that god doesn't remember your sins to your boldness so therefore brother in having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of jesus by a new and living way it's a new way what way is this in context of what we studied today early what way is this the butterfly way <laughs> by a new way by a butterfly way by a new way through the veil that is his flesh having a high priest over the house of god let us draw near with a true heart we already have a true heart in full assurance of faith having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience so you don't have an evil conscience what's a conscience what's an evil conscience a conscience that constantly condemns you is an evil conscience preachers have used that verse to say that a, a heart that is not sensitive is an evil conscience that is like that is like worst. that is like the worst i mean like it says that if your heart doesn't condemn you that means it is a hard conscience it's an evil conscience i don't know who are the preachers of satan or what it's like the holy spirit says i do not remember your sins no more they are saying if you don't remember your sins that means your conscience is really hard no it says a evil conscience is a one that constantly reminds you of your sin why do you need an evil conscience when you have wonderful wives and wonderful husbands that constantly remind you but where does that come from that's come from because internally we have a very evil conscience but our hearts are pure so he says sprinkle our evil conscience by by reading the word of god by preaching by listening to this word our bodies washed with pure water let let verse underline verse 23 can somebody read that faithful therefore hold fast what a confession of faith with without wavering hold fast to what confession what confession that we are righteous perfectly how 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 should we hold this confession Yeah, yeah but how should we hold this hold fast why should we hold fast what's the problem because you constantly feel that you are not righteous so you have to hold fast to this confession without wavering why who is faithful faithful why why is it important that he is faithful that means he is the one who said that you are righteous that means he is constantly faithful to keep you righteous See, the responsibility for you to remain righteous and perfect is whose responsibility his responsibility therefore you can be confident that you can be hold fast to this confession you got it okay let's read this verse chapter 11 and we don't have so much time but let's go to this chapter 11 now faith is the substance of things hoped for what is the context the faith of this confession he says the faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen by this the elders obtained a good testimony by you confessing this you obtain a good testimony in heaven and by verse 3 by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god that the worlds are framed that the course of nature is set things happen in your life by what you speak 
the word, the world, say worlds, plural. Like Gracie's world is different from James' world. Manisha's world is very different and beautiful than, let's say, George's world. <laughs> but George's world is very powerful, right? Then everybody's. So each one's world is very different, but all these worlds are framed, means decorated. That's a Greek word. Frame means decorated by what? By the word of God. So that the things that are seen are not made with things that are visible. Correct? Now, let me ask you a question. The things that are seen in your life are not made by things that are visible. So you'll say, I have got this job because of what I did. Correct? Bible says, things that are seen are not made by things that are visible. Think about it. Things that are seen. Are you seeing good things in your life? They are formed by things that are not seen. Interesting. So you thought that you are living in a house because you have been diligent and you did the right planning, the right financial planning and things all came together. So your world came together by things that are seen. Correct? That's how the world teaches. Correct? But the Bible says that things that are seen are not formed by things that are visible. So where are these things coming from? By things that are not seen. Where, from where is it coming from? By words. Say words. Someone is speaking it. Someone is speaking it. So the evil in your life is come because of what? By somebody speaking it. That is why Balaam was hired by Balak to use words against Israel. Because he knew the power of speaking. He says, speak it. These guys are going to come to destroy me. But speak it. Because if you speak it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come to pass. You got it? So, Things that are seen. So the context is still the same. Hebrews chapter 10 and Hebrews chapter 11 is just a continuation of the same confession of speaking. Amen? Hold fast this confession. Now, you will be excited when I show you something very powerful. Verse 4. By faith. Now he starts by quoting examples. Correct? So if he's going to quote examples, this is so exciting. If he's going to quote examples, you are, you are going to be looking out today for what? No, 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 no. Hold it. If he is going to now quote examples from the Bible of people of faith, what are you going to now watch for? No. About what about them that you are now interested in? No, they are, we know that they are righteous. But how, what about them? How did they get it? We know how did they got it because we studied today. How did they get it? By speaking. So then you want to know in each of these characters, what did they... Speak. Yeah, are you agreed? Now can you study this parable with this mystery? Let's hit it and see what happened. Is faith related to what? Speaking. The law of faith speaks. Correct? Do you want to see this? And if the Holy Spirit is now giving you examples, you want to see it operate in this, in this examples. Correct? Because if it comes about that 
whatever is written about these heroes of faith is what they did, then the whole hypothesis is wrong. Amen? You got the point? So, the law of right, the, the righteousness of the law does. The righteousness of faith speaks. So, if God, the Holy Spirit says these are heroes of faith, you want to know whether they became great by their doing or they are great by their speaking. And if we can get this, what will that do to us? It validates what the Holy Spirit is saying through everything else. Correct? Let's hit it. Let's take the first example. By faith, Abraham offered to God a more ex sorry, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though he had obtained through which he had obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts through it, through it, he being dead, what does he do? <laughs> what does he do? What does he do? He still speaks. So what is Abel speaking? Correct. Who told him that he is righteous? Where does you know that he is righteous? Where do you know? Huh? Read it. God testifying of his gifts. He obtained witness. Means who is witnessing? God witnesses that what? What about Abel? He's righteous. Now, if you go back to Genesis and read about that episode of Abel, there is no mention of his righteousness. At least I don't see. You want to quickly go? Does there any mention of his righteousness there? Let's look at it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But let's look at it. Can you look at it? Uh, Genesis chapter 4. Can you see anything? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Why don't you look at it? Now this is exciting Bible study. Bible study is exciting when we, when the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. Okay. Okay, but where does he get the testimony that he is righteous? Is there any mention of his righteousness? No. But did he receive a testimony from God that he is righteous? Correct. There is no mention of his righteousness there. But he received a testimony that he is righteous. Correct? And what does he do with that testimony? He still continues to speak even though he is dead. Wow. And God records it. In heaven, Abel goes around, doesn't talk about his accomplishments on the earth. All that he says to everybody that he meets is what? That he obtained a witness from God that I am righteous. That, 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 that gift is, what? by the way, what gift did Abel offer? He offered Jesus Christ. That's all he did, which is what you offered, correct? When you offer this gift, what happens? What does God declare you? Righteous. So he received the same testimony that uh, we received the same testimony that Abel received. He offered Jesus, received a testimony that he's righteous. We offered Jesus the lamb and we received an offer, a testimony that he's righteous. What did he do with the testimony? He took it so seriously that he still speaks about his righteousness. Because it's continuation of chapter 10. 
hold fast to this confession. So how long should you hold fast to this confession, Gracie? Rest of your life? Forever. Because you're never going to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are on this one-way ticket to eternal life. I mean, you're not going to die. Forever, you're going to be declaring in heaven that I am righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. I understand number one. Okay, you got it? Number one, box ticked. Correct? Righteousness of faith speaks. Let's look at the next verse. Enoch, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Here was somebody who did not even die. Why? Because God had taken him. But before this happened, he had a testimony that he... Means what? Means what? That he is righteous. You cannot please God without being perfect. Correct? No man is perfect. Be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes. The, the, again, that's another chapter that hits the Jews telling the give up. In fact, I preached this message, one, one, of the message, one of the groups saying, and we were going to take that message one of the days in the life. Thing. Give up. Give up, man. Give up. Okay, I'm just going to leave it like a cliffhanger for one of those days. Give up, you know. But, but yeah, bottom line is here, okay. So, but before he was raptured, he had a witness from God that he, he's pleased God, that he's righteous. Where did Enoch, so what did Enoch do with that testimony? Does it say about here? Does it say here? Does it say anything about it? Right? Guys, answer this. Does the Bible record what Enoch did with this witness? No. Yes or no? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, because he didn't die. No, hold it, hold it, hold it. That is what happened to him. He didn't do anything about it. He got raptured. What do you do about your rapture? You get raptured. God just took him. Right? It's God what he did it. But let me ask you a question. What did Enoch do with this witness? This is great. If you see this. So if you go back to Genesis, is there any mention of the fact of what Enoch did with this witness? No. And he was lost. There's just one sentence in the Bible in Genesis that he walked with God and God took him. For he was not. Correct? He raptured him. Here the Holy Spirit explains what happened and God took him because God had taken him for he had a testimony that he pleased God. Now the Holy Spirit is giving inside information about Enoch. Isn't that exciting? He's giving an inside information on why he was raptured. That means he did not even see death. Because of what testimony? That he is righteous. Can you imagine if Enoch can be raptured because of a testimony that he is righteous? What can that testimony do to you? It can keep you from death. Death cannot touch you. That's inside information. We never knew until Hebrews chapter 11 why Enoch was raptured. Who will tell us why Enoch was raptured? God. And did he tell us? Yes. He told us. He said because he had obtained a testimony that he was righteous. Man, guys, are you all excited about this? Yes. Okay, now the question. Again, a trick question. Did he do something about his testimony that caused him to be righteous? 
to be raptured? The answer should be according to the law of faith. What should he be doing? Speaking. speaking. Just say speaking. speaking. Okay, now let's go to Jude. Let's go to the book of Jude. Look, look of, let's look at the book of Jude, verse 14. Let's read it. Come on, I'm so excited. Guys, there is no one in Jude. There's only one chapter. Jude 14. Enoch, the, now Enoch, which translation is that? New King James, okay. New King, okay. New King James, okay, read it. That's not New King James. Old. Okay, can you read the New King James? The seventh from Adam. Remember this. The seventh from Adam. Say seventh. That's prophetic. How many generations from Adam are we right now? In thousands of years. Six thousand years have passed. We are the seven thousand. That's prophetic. Something is going to happen to the seventh generation from Adam. The 7,000 years following Adam, something is going to happen. Correct? We are the Enoch generation. But Enoch generation received a revelation. Enoch, among all his contemporaries, received a revelation that he was righteous. And what happened to him? He did not die. Why is God setting up with this revelation of righteousness to this generation? We are not going to die, brothers and sisters. I don't know what you think about it. You are getting raptured. But for you to get raptured, you need to have a revelation. And you need to do what with this revelation? Speak it. it. Okay. Now let's read what Enoch did after with this revelation. Verse 14. Oh my goodness. What is he doing with this witness? He's prophesying. What does the Holy Spirit do when you are born again? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. What is he prophesying? Who is he prophesying about? Behold the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. Oh man, who is the saint? We are. We are. He is thinking he is a saint. Saint means sanctified, separated from what? Now I discuss with you, separated from judgments. What is death? Judgment. So Enoch is saying, I see the Lord coming with thousands of his saints. And who is with him? I am with him. He's talking about himself. He's saying, I am a saint. I I will not die. I will come with my Lord. He's talking about Jesus even before Jesus has showed up. He's talking about Jesus in Genesis. What did this revelation of righteousness do to him? He saw Jesus. He says, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his saints. He's talking about himself. So who is going to come when Jesus comes for the bride? Enoch is there. With the church. So Enoch is not even part of the church age. But because he had a revelation of righteousness. God says hold it. Hold it. Put him back in the church.
during Enoch's time says what? Man will die. He will die. Not in 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, 400 years, 500 years, 600 years, 700 years, 800 years. He will die. But he, by speaking about his righteousness, moved the ship completely and avoided the course of nature. And God took him. Who decided that he will be raptured? He decided. He just, he just woke up and said, I will not die. I will come back with my Lord. And God said, so be it. Because he, his tongue is tamed because he is righteous. So, you got Abel, who still speaks about his righteousness. Enoch, did you know Enoch spoke? Aren't you so excited that the Holy Spirit will reveal stuff and put it there about the law of faith that speaks? Faith speaks, brothers and sisters, as surely as there is a God in heaven. Faith speaks. Amazing. Are you excited to see the next hero? Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Hebrews chapter, sorry, 11. 11. Okay, without faith, then he says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God but believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You have to be confident that what you speak will come to pass. Means... He's a rewarder. That means what? Rewarder means what you are speaking, it will happen. Say, speaking, speaking. will happen. Will happen. He was, he's a rewarder. Rewarder means what you speak, what we speak will happen. It will happen. Okay, let's read it. By faith, Noah being warned by blah, 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 say, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became a heir of... Do you see a common theme? Do you see a common theme? Everyone is benefiting from something very unique. What is that uniqueness? They receive an air of righteousness. That means he did not earn it. He received it as a gift. How do you receive your righteousness? As a gift. So what did Noah do with this righteousness that he received? Did he speak with it? Do you want to go back and see that he spoke with it? goodness. I, I'm excited. Do we have the time? But you want to see how Noah talked about his righteousness? It's amazing that th- throughout the mention of the flood, 
the mention of the ark being created. There is no mention of Noah speaking anything. It's everything that he did. He did, he did, he did. He built that. He brought the ark. He brought the animals. He brought two by two. There's no mention of him speaking. But the moment he opens his mouth, you want to hear what he spoke, correct? He speaks about his righteousness. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter. He's prophesying. Genesis chapter. Genesis chapter. Let's look at Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. So Noah awoke from his wine and he knew that his younger son had done to him. You know the story? So what happened was one day he drank some wine. Correct? Listen to this. Guys, listen to this. This is so powerful. The Holy Spirit is just prompting me to tell you. At this point of time, is Noah righteous or not righteous? How do you know that he is righteous? One sec. This is after the flood. Is he righteous or not righteous? How do you know that he is righteous? <laughs> nothing to do with that. Righteousness has nothing to do with the law. Annie, how has righteousness got to do with the law? Righteousness has nothing to do with the law. Because God had declared Abraham righteous before the law. Correct? So, righteousness has nothing to do with the law. Righteousness is, are you perfect in God's eyes? It has nothing, you don't need a law to tell you that you're not perfect. Why was the law given to Israel? Because Israel refused to believe that they are not perfect. They felt that they are perfect when they are not perfect. You have a different problem. (laughs) You are perfect, but you don't want to believe that you are perfect. Correct? So, so Noah was how do you know Noah was righteous? What is the evidence that he was righteous? Yes, he was separated from what? Correct. That's what I'm looking for. Remember, once you are righteous, you are separated from judgment. Guys, you all need to get this. What are the judgments that happen on the world cannot touch you? Why should it not touch you, Drajit? Yeah, but why? Your accounts have been settled. How can you pay somebody's account if the bill has already been paid? Try sending money to your credit card company after the bill has been paid. They will return it back. You send it, they will show show it back. They'll constantly send the check back. Try it, Rajesh. You love paying credit card payments, right? I prophesy that you will not have to pay credit card payments. What did I just do? I changed the course of your nature. I just did that, right? So that's what you do. You prophesy. You prophesy the course of your nature. Change of your course of your nature. So you stop. You declare it first. And you declare that it's already done. Let the ship turn when it will turn but speak it turn the rudder 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 okay so so Noah was separated from judgment look at the power of righteousness God can destroy the whole world every creation but cannot cannot 
touch Noah. Why? Because God called him righteous. He received it righteousness as a gift because he said he became a heir of righteousness. Very powerful. Your righteousness is a gift. You inherited it. Who was who who did it come from? Who did you inherit it from? You always inherit stuff after that person died. Got it. Who died? Correct. He gave, oh my goodness, did you know what happened actually at the cross? A very wealthy man died. Now you got the concept? People like terminologies. A very, 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 very righteous, wealthy man died. Right? What a waste. When a very, 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 very wealthy man dies on the earth, what happens to his wealth? My goodness, the world will have to find somebody to give it to. They will work. They will do something to find a place for that wealth to go. So what happened to all the wealth and all the righteousness of Jesus when he died? His righteousness did not die. His wealth did not die. His authority did not die. So what happened to that? He gave it to you. You. How did you inherit it? Because... So God said, oh, okay, sad that Jesus died. Hmm, very rich, very rich son of mine. Very rich, very, very rich. But I'm going to give it to his son. Who became his son? Who became the son of God? He made you a son. So he made you into a son. And by virtue of becoming a son overnight, because you're born again, guess what? So no. But, you know, by the way, Gracie, you, I know you just bought, got you born into my family. But, you know, some very rich man in this family died, you know. Just happened to die before you were born. And you just inherit all of this. What a concept of God. He not only just paid for your sin and made you a new creation. And now he gives you this righteousness as a gift. Because somebody died. Only God can plan this plan. This only God can do it. And now because you're righteous, in Abraham, they're all snatching onto this righteousness. Abraham looked forward to that day and called it. You know what, God, I am also your son. And I'm righteous because of your son. Noah says, you know what, God, I am also your son. Enoch, I am also your son. Everybody is jumping on this and they're declaring themselves as righteous. Because of what God gives them as a gift. So look at Noah. No, so Noah, after the flood, plants a vineyard. He plants a vineyard, and the vineyard has grapes. He takes the grapes. They don't know what, what to do with the grapes. He eats the grapes, whatever, right? And leaves the juice overnight or whatever. What happens to the grapes? Ferments. Because now it's a fallen world. There is bacteria, there's stuff, it ferments. So they still continue to drink the grape juice. What happened to him then? He became drunk. He became drunk. Now, is what he did evil or not? Yes. 
Because what happened to his, because of his drunkenness, what happened to him? He became naked. And now he's lying down naked, unclothed in his bedroom. So his sons see this and one son, we don't know what he did, but obviously whatever is it did, he did not do, he did not do the right thing. We don't know what he did. So people say all kinds of weird things. I don't think all crazy things happen. All this guy would have done is call himself what? Hey, look at daddy. Daddy is? All he would have said is that daddy is naked. Means he's calling Noah who is what? What? What about him? Daddy is naked. Means he's now giving a wrong witness about his righteousness. No, let, let's. No, no, let's, let's, uh, let's hold the thought. We'll discuss that later. I, let, let's not divert from that, that. But I want to hit on the point. We'll discuss that what happened. And that's not important. What he did with that, who cares? But look at. No, no, no. Let's, let's look at it. But two of the sons did something very unique. They took a blanket. They took a garment, laid it back on their shoulder, and went backward. That's prophetic of what happened. That's what Jesus did. He looked at your nakedness of Adam, his father. But instead of condemning his father as Adam as naked, he decided to do something on his, his shoulder. He took that cross. He took that garment and went back 2,000 years and covered Adam's nakedness. He didn't go around mocking Adam, saying that, Adam, you're naked because you, you sinned in the garden. He said, I will do something about it. And only one man can do that. When Japheth and Shem did that, it was a picture of what Jesus was going to do. Going backward and covering Adam. It's prophetic. So when he covered Adam, do you think he covered Noah? Yes. Because we are all in Adam, isn't it? So we are covered. But the one who did not cover what did he do? This is what he first speaks. The first words of Noah means what do you think the man of faith, according to this law, what will he be speaking? He will be what? What's the word I'm looking for? Prophesy. Prophesy. What? See, in the power of the tongue sets on course the nature. Course, the nature. He prophesies. He first prophesies about Canaan that you will be a servant because he doesn't want anybody who condemns you as a believer even though you sin now this is very powerful you messed up you did the wrong thing you planted a vineyard, you drank it but God doesn't care you cannot be unclothed you see the revelation of righteousness the revelation of righteousness says I don't care what you think you are but nobody can call you naked you will be covered. So God says, because whose garment are we wearing right now? Jesus Christ, righteousness. So he says, he, he, he curses uh, Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be brother. Now he's prophesying. He's changed his course. Before this guy has done anything good or wrong, for generations to generations, his sons, his daughters, his grandchildren, nations that came out of Cain, continue to be servants. 
all because he called a righteous man naked. And you had the authority. And what did he do to Shem? He said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. That means he's now giving authority to Shem and Japheth. And Shem specifically took that initiative. And may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwells in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Amazing. He now blesses them and decides by his words what will happen to them. What did the righteous Noah do with his revelation that he was righteous? He spoke it. I can go after example after example. Let's go back to Romans chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll come back to that. Because I've got so much stuff to share, but we don't have time. But I want you to get the concept. Because this is powerful. Because even as we're sharing, the Holy Spirit is revealing so much stuff. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, by okay, let's look at next one. By faith, Abraham obeyed very when when he was called to go to a place where he would receive as an inheritance. He went out and not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him with the same promise. For he waited for a city that is foundations and his builder and maker is God. Okay, now let's look at. There's no mention of his righteousness. No mention of what he did with his words. But if you go back and see, God declared Abraham righteous. Correct? Correct? And let's go to uh, uh, Genesis quickly and I'll show you one verse and then we'll quickly run to some of the other verses and then we'll close. Abraham, Genesis chapter 22. So if you look at Abraham's life, after God declared him righteous, many times he continued to speak unbelief about his situation. He said that, I am no here, I don't have any inheritance, um, nobody is going to become, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He said, the, the Egyptians are going to take my wife, they are going to kill me. You know, is that faith? No. So whatever you are speaking, what is going to happen? What, is go, what, is, what, what was happening? So he said, if the Egyptians see me with you, they will take you and try to kill me. So what was he doing? Speaking. speaking. So what happened? Same thing happened. Correct? So, just because you are righteous doesn't nullify the words of your mouth. Because now you have what? Authority. But God prevents judgments from coming from on Abraham. Crazy judgments. Why? Because he's still righteous. Okay. So, let's go back to this. Let's go to, finally he, he, he starts believing that he is, he starts speaking faith, he calls himself a father of nations even when he does not have children, he's now prophesying, correct? Look at verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. Remember Hebrews talks about a place that was far off? What place is he seeing? He's seeing the death of Jesus on a mountain in Cal Mount Moriah. He saw a place far off. He's looking into the future and God gave him a revelation of his son, Jesus Christ. And when he saw that, the Bible says, verse 5, what was the revelation that he says? Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad. I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. What is he speaking? He's prophesying that. Who will come back? 
What is important about the we? How is Isaac coming back? No, but how is Isaac coming back? Yeah, Abraham is speaking before knowing that Isaac will be resurrected. He's... Correct. But I'm saying is because in Romans and in Hebrews talks about it, Abraham believed that what's going to happen after he kills Isaac, what's going to happen? God will raise up the dead. And though now God gives him a revelation that he is righteous and because of that he will not allow judgments to come upon him and on his household. Correct? So he will die, but what will happen? He will resurrect him. And what does he do with this revelation? He speaks, he speaks it. He speaks it. He said, we will come back. I've seen in the life of a lot of our believers, you speak. You've seen stuff that you speak that has happened. Correct. It's happened. But at the same time, we have spoken stupid stuff and they're happening. Correct. Why speak stupid stuff? When you know that this is what the operation of the spirit is. Correct. Speak. So now we go to Abraham. Now we go to, you know, the uh, Rahab, the spy. This is what the spy the, said. The Bible says Rahab was declared righteous by God. This is how she obtained a testimony. When she saw the spies in the house, at that time, who was in Jericho? Who occupied Jericho? The Canaanites. The uh, Canaanites, right? Yes. So, but they, the Israelites did not occupy the land. But what did Rahab say about the land? He said, I know the Lord has given you the land. What is she saying? She putting it in the future tense or in the past tense? Past tense. He said, I know the Lord has given you the land. While the spies themselves did not believe that God has given you the land. But she believed that God has given them the land. And God says, put, the, put her in the chapter 11. Put, the, put her in chapter 11. Because she is doing what with her revelation of righteousness? Speaking. And you should see what Rahab said. Rahab did not stop for her own judgment. Look at how she says. You promised me. You will save me. My father. My mother. My brother. My sister. Everything that they have. I mean she goes all the way. Because once you know you are righteous. Go all the way. What stops you? Go all the way. And declare everybody saved. Hallelujah. And let's go back to Jesus and then we will close. Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. You know that Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration he's de- he the disciples see him perfect, transfigured, which is a picture of what we are right now in Jesus Christ. Perfect, completely righteous, clothed in white. That's what we are, right? And they come down. And in the meantime, these, uh, the Peter, James, and John are with Jesus. They're coming down. But in the bottom of the mountain, uh, the other disciples are trying to cast out a demon. They are not able to cast out demons, correct? So, so finally, Jesus comes. And when he had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, suffers severely, he often falls into the fire, often into the water. I brought him to his disciples, but they could not cure him. Correct? So, 
the righteousness of the law does. The righteousness of faith speaks. So what are the disciples down there trying to do? Cure them. How are they trying to cure them? By doing something. Say doing. Correct. So God says, this operation does not happen by doing. It happens by speaking. Okay, let's look at it. So I brought him to his disciples, but they could not cure him. Now Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless. That means now he declares them that they don't have faith. Because what? So now God, Jesus, the son of God, defines what faith is. Say, defines what faith is. Now you have heard, brother Ranjit, you need to have faith. George, you need to have faith. Annie, you need to have faith. Bobby, you need to have faith. Josna, Prasad, everybody, everybody, everybody. We have to have faith. You 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 need to have faith in this. You have to have faith in that. Now, Jesus defines what having faith is. Correct? You want to know what faith is? He's saying this faithless generation, that means this generation that is trying to cast out this demon does not have faith or has faith? Faithless means what? They don't have faith. Correct? Okay. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Because he's saying, did you not see how I operate? How do I operate? I operate in? No. Yeah, speaking, but I operate in faith. I don't operate by seeing the stuff. I operate how? By speaking it and things happening. Correct? How long have I been with you means what? How long have you seen me operate and have you not seen me? That means I am righteous, therefore you are righteous. Because in me you, are, you can find your identity, not in yourself. Correct? Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Now Jesus rebuked the demon. What is he doing now? Speaking. Speaking. Rebuke means, how do you rebuke stuff? Speak. speak stuff. You speak against stuff. You rebuke the demon. Now Jesus was constantly speaking to all kinds of noun humans. Give me examples. Fever. Fever. He, he spoke to mother, mother, Peter's mother-in-law and rebuked the fever. That means he was speaking to the fever. He's not praying to the father to heal Peter's mother-in-law. Wrong operation. That is caterpillar. This is butterfly. Butterflies speak. So he says, speak to the Fever. Okay, then. Lazarus. To Lazarus. He said, Lazarus? No, Lazarus is dead. But it doesn't matter. So is he speaking to Lazarus or is he speaking to a dead body? He's speaking to whatever is out there, but he's calling forth a living person as if he lives. Lazarus. Guys, he is calling for Lazarus as if Lazarus is inside and all you need is to get walk up. It's like I'm going into this house. I knock at the house and says, George, George, come out. If somebody tells you that George is not here and if I come to this door and says, George, George, come out, what do you call me? Lunatic. Lunatic. Correct. When Jesus says Lazarus come out, he's prophesying Lazarus is alive as if it is already happened, done. That's how you talk. Faith speaks as if it's done. Okay, who else? 
to a fig tree. He speaks to a fig tree and says, from now on, you don't bear any fruit. No man shall eat of your fruit again. Correct? So what did he just do? Prophesied or spoke. And what happened that time? When did the fig tree die? Same time. But it started to die. Say started to die. The ship is turning. How long before the world knew that it was dead? But when did it die? The moment you spoke. You got it? While the world can see it later in people's life, they will see the prosperity later in your life. But when did it prosperity happen for you? The moment in that day in your closet, you looked on the throne of God and said, Jesus, you are rich. And therefore, I am rich. It'll show up. It'll show up. Jesus, I am healed. And therefore, you are, he- you are perfect. And therefore, I am perfect. So that time, your healing has already happened. But your body takes time to obey. Or whatever it takes time. The victory did not happen immediately. The next day, the victory died. Victory appeared to others that died. It had already died when the word went out. You got it? Give me another example. Speaking to now. He spoke to the wind. Peace. Be still. He's speaking to wind. Winds don't. Winds don't think. But no, not according to this law. The things that are seen are formed by things that are not seen. What are the things that are not seen? Words. Have you seen words? Ranjat, come on man. How many words have you spoken? Millions. Mil- only millions? millions? I think billions, I think. Have you seen even one word? No. Isn't it amazing? You have not been able to see one word in your life. Yet, what the things that the word goes out happens manifest in your life. This is powerful. Okay, give me another example. Is there other stuff that Jesus spoke to? He said, the, if, if these children uh, shut up and uh, stop worshipping me, the stones will cry out. That means stones will start speaking. It's amazing that the world will say, call us crazy because we speak to stuff. But the same world, when Jesus comes in his blazing glory from heaven, will cry out to the rocks and says, Oh, rocks and mountains, cover us from the face of him who sits on the throne. Isn't that funny? That they will speak to mountains. But today, you will speak to mountains when they don't speak to mountains. But when Jesus comes, they will also speak to mountains. But when they speak to mountains, they will speak to mountains to cover them. For us, mountains are our enemy. For them, mountains are their friend. It's powerful. For them, sickness, disease is a main means for holiness. Or poverty is a means for humility. That's their mountain. Their mountains, they embrace their mountains. We say, speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. What do you do? We speak to the mountains. Isn't that funny? The world, the same world that will mock us for speaking to stuff will be speaking to mountains and rocks. I mean, the Holy Spirit in one of my coitons was telling me, and I was so amused. He said, Anal, you think they laugh at you because you speak to stuff, but they are going to speak to mountains. This is funny. But look at this verse. 
So Jesus rebuked the demon and came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. hour. When does the miracle happen? Immediately. Immediately. The word goes forth. Correct? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Why did we not cast it out? Because how were they trying to cast it out? By doing something. Remember in another gospel there, while Jesus had come down from the mountain, they were disputing with scribes at the bottom of the mountain. What do scribes dispute about? Law. So how are they trying to cast out the demon? Come on, Ranjit. By law. By the works of the law. Now you know why the demon was not going out. Because they are trying to cast out demons by cleansing, by purification, by the works of the law. And the scribes are trying to describe it. You know why this demon is not coming. You know why he's got a problem. Because he sinned, his father sinned, and he's not clean, and he's not this. You have not done this ritual. You are not given the lamp. You have not done that. You have not done this. You broke the Ten Commandments. And they are disputing with this father and this boy and with his disciples. And says, you cannot touch him because you are unclean. You are not kosher. Oh, there is a spit out of his mouth. Oh, there is spit out of his mouth. Don't touch him. He's unclean, unclean. No. Because they are operating under a caterpillar. Laws. And Jesus says, what are you doing? Why did we not cast him out? Look at verse 20. Because of your unbelief. unbelief. For assuredly, now Jesus, when Jesus says assuredly, and the son of God says assuredly, I mean, you don't have, Jesus doesn't have to say assuredly. Prasad, does he have to say assuredly? If he just winks, you know, it's assuredly. You know, what he does, if he just says, go. I said, he doesn't have to do all that. He is authority. He is exuding with authority. But here Jesus is making a point. He's saying this. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as small as the mustard seed. Now this has been broken it into such stupid ways and methods and made it into such a big burden for believers. All he's saying is, if you have any... <laughs> And no, no, if you have any faith, any faith at all, if you have any faith at all, what should you do? You will say, come on, come on, if you have any faith at all, you will say. That's it. If you, you cannot say, I have faith, but I don't say. No. <coughs> God doesn't have that concept of faith. You got it? If you have any faith at all, you will say. <coughs> Forget about the rest of the verse. Forget about the rest of the verse. Say to the mountain, be the remote, cast into the sea. That's, just ignore it. Ignore it at this point of time. Because the mountain is also not a physical mountain at this point of time. He's talking about any challenge. If you have any faith at all, forget about the mustard seed. Now people are like taking the mustard seed, analyzing the mustard seed qualities. And <laughs> it was like Jesus, like, I just wanted to give them an example saying that if you have even little bit faith, no, 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 mustard seed is so small, it's so pure, it cannot be broken, and it's pure, and it is pure faith, and the tree grows big. No, 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 that's not the point. The point is, if you have any faith, speak, you will say. 
Say, faith will say. Say, faith will say. How confident is Jesus about this operation? Most assuredly. Now, now let's say this verse again. Most assuredly, if you have faith, you will say. That's it. That's the message. If you have faith, you will say. You got it? You cannot say, no, brother, I am a humble guy. I am a humble guy. You know, I am a humble, bumble guy. You know, <laughs> I'm a humble and I'm a bumble because I have so much knowledge that I don't use it at all. God says, speak, but no, I will do everything but speak. You're a bumble. You know, you're not humble. You know, so I'm saying is, if you have faith, you will say. The righteousness of faith speaks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's so much more verses. And Psalms 91 starts by saying, He dwells in the secret place of the Most High God, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That's your righteousness state. I will say. <laughs> All the benefits of 91 only happens because... Somebody in verse 1 said, I will say. Hallelujah. I mean, death can come on the other hand. Storms can go. Hailstorms can happen. But not to my house. Not to my house. Because I will say. Say, I will say. I will say. I will say. I will not may say, I will say. You got it? Now I know why Psalms 91 operates and doesn't operate. Because some people don't say it. Because they are thinking, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. It's good. But that's where you are. But combination lock A is slotted in. You don't have to do anything about it. Go for B. Now, I will say. Isn't that so beautiful? That's it. it. And everything, all the rest of the verse is about what God will do for you. In that whole chapter, there's only one thing the psalmist does. He says, I will say. The moment all the earth hears that, everything God starts doing in the rest of the verse. Go and check that 91. There is nothing left for anybody else to do. Everything else God does. He does only one thing. He says, I will say. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We thank you. Oh, Master, the times that we are wasted by not speaking in our lives, not affirming this revelation of, un- of revelation of righteousness that you, conf- that you bore witness before Pilate. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That we are righteous. We are righteous. We are righteous. We are righteous. Father, I pray this revelation. Before Pilate, there was only one revelation that he heard. 
Jesus heard two revelations. One, Pilate said, are you the king? And second revelation, confession that uh, Jesus heard in the presence of Pilate was, I find no fault in him. And 1 Timothy looks back at this confession and he says, you hold on to that same confession that Jesus bore witness before Pilate. And you go back and study the scriptures. There is no other confession that Jesus heard before Pilate, except Pilate saying, are you a king? And I find no fault in him. And that's the same confession that God, Jesus has about you, that you are a king and I find no fault in you. And says, Lord says, hold fast to that confession. Hold fast to that confession. Hold fast to that confession that you are a king. Say, I'm a king. And God finds no fault in me. I am a king. And God finds no fault in me. Jesus is my king. And Jesus finds no fault in me. If he is a king of the Jews... And you are a Jew grafted in. How can he be a king of a liar? He is a king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His witness about you is true. Because what he has declared about you is faithful and true. When he calls you righteous, let no man call you unrighteous. If he sees you clothed, let no one call you unclothed. When he calls you blessed, let no one call you cursed but now with your mouth say of the Lord with the, of your mouth say of the Lord I am the blessed of the world I am the king in this world that God has placed me I am a priest I am a servant of the most high God and his anointing and his righteousness operates in me and no weapon of the we- of demons of powers can stand against me and I who has been made perfect and righteous is being separated from all judgments in this world thank you Jesus being separated from all judgments in this world father I pray that you will give my fellow brothers and sisters a revelation of the operation of the tongue in a greater manner in these days the tongues, the word that is already in their mouth, Lord, to be able to speak it it with understanding and in the spirit, with tongues and with languages. Lord, be able to declare who you have called them. Lord, give them a revelation and let with the abundance of the heart, let their mouth speak. And let the course of their nature be changed, Master. And Father, great victories are coming upon this group out here because you have received with gladness the implanted word. God says, I will do stuff for you that you thought was impossible, but because you believe what I said, you will bear, you will eat the fruit of your lips. You will eat the fruit of your lips. You want a green card speak you want a job speak you want a house speak you want perfect health speak you want victories for your children speak you want jobs for your children speak you want uh, uh, colleges for your children speak you want promotions at your workplace speak you want favor with your family members speak you want your loved ones 
to come to be with me? Speak. Speak, says the Lord. Speak. For the righteousness of faith speaks and unlearn the ways of the caterpillar. For I am abundantly pleased with you and you have this testimony from me. Now speak. And you will be caught up with me in the skies. For death cannot touch you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. The Lord, again, reminding me, great wealth is coming upon a lot of people in this place. Because it doesn't come by working. It comes as an inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. God says, I will give you supernatural giftings and anointings to break the powers of darkness because where others thought those were impossible demons, you will go there just by speaking. You will give no value to efforts and the flesh. But all you will do is speak and believe those things that are seen are created by things that are not seen. And it will happen for you, says the Father. Thank you, Master. Uh, George, the Lord... Specifically, is going to give you a giftings to be able to declare bondages being removed by just by speaking, just by speaking, not by intense praying, not by intense intercession. No, by speaking. If you have faith, even any faith, you will speak, George. You will speak. And those bondages will be let loose of my people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Ranjit, the Lord says that, Lord, I am going to give you victories in unusual areas and unusual domains. Not in domains that you are aware of. Not in domains that you are learned in. In areas that you would not have any confidence, I am going to give you great victories. Because you, all you did was ask me. And you spoke it. And you're going to receive unusual victories. And you're like, man, I have no idea of this. And how come I am so blessed in this area? God says, that will be a sign that this kind doesn't go by fasting. Doesn't go by all kinds of things, but only by asking. Fasting is not there in that. This kind comes by asking. Because you were innocent enough to ask me, you will receive it by asking. Thank you, Jesus. Julie, the Lord says that you will ask greater and greater things in these days to come. And you've been very bold, says the Lord, for asking big things. And my heart is delighted because of great faith that I see in you. But I say to you, don't stop. Ask me greater things. Not just for yourself, but even for the people that you love. For what is it? It's a small thing for me. Like Rahab, not just ask for herself, but for her sisters and brothers and family members. Ask, says the father. 
and I will give it to you because you understand the operation of this word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. And I am going to clothe certain people who feel very naked in this place. They are all constantly trying to cover themselves with extra clothes and extra stuff and because they feel always naked. Something in their life previously, when they're growing up, their nakedness was exposed. And ever since then, they have been trying to put more clothes, cover themselves because of the shame of nakedness. I say to you, let no one call you naked hereafter. Even your evil conscience, but sprinkle it because of my word that I've spoken over you. Be clean and be clothed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. And great glory that I have received from the Father, I will give it to you. And you will glow with supernatural glory, says the Father. And you will have no need for extra adornments. You will have no need for extra stuff because God, the, the world will look at you and says, there's something shining about you and we cannot explain it. And you will give glory to me, says the Father. And my name will be glorified in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We bless you, Lord, because it is from your throne that we receive this word. And Father, we receive it gladly, O Master. And Father, I pray that we will eat the fruit of it. We will eat the fruit of it. And we bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.